At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., a production of the Black Effect and iHeartRadio. I'm Steve Smith Sr. And I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut to it, cut to it, let's get down to it, cut to it. We ask the questions you always want to know, but no one ever asks. Let's cut to it. If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. It's on. I'm ready. Y'all good? What's going on? What's going on? Steve, what's going on? Oh, it's good. <laughs> you hit me with three what's going on. I did not know. Uh, how hey, you, you got it. Sometimes you got to switch it up, man. You don't want things to be stale. Yeah, that's true. How are you? Man, I'm doing good. Yeah. Where's your energy level at right now on a scale of one to ten? Mm, I don't know. Uh, probably low because I don't even know. <laughs> but it's all right. I don't I, it's okay. Well, man, I'm, we're going to go into the archives a little bit. We hadn't done archives. one of these in a, in a while, but, man, I think it's big dummy time. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to take this down to Florida in Clearwater. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Our social media manager has found our big dummy, so shout out to uh Oh, absolutely. Peyton shout Smith. out to Peyton. Peyton Smith. Doing the research for us, our, leading our research team, research team nah, one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He found the story. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. And I'm hyping it up a little bit. It, don't hype it. Don't overhype it because he'll start. He'll start pounding he'll his smell chest himself. A bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. He'll start smelling himself. So down in Clearwater, Florida, 27 year old Herbert McClellan Herbert is accused of swiping more than a dozen scratch off lottery tickets from a local speedway, then trying to cash in the ticket at the same store. So okay, hold on, he swiped them. That means he stole them. Okay, they I just wanted his. clarification. I know what it means, but somebody may be listening and said, well, he swiped them. What's the big nah, deal? I went tender. Yeah. 
So police say that McClellan strolled into the convenience store around 2 a.m. on Tuesday. Two, listen, what did they say? Ain't nothing <laughs> Open, good but... happens after midnight. <laughs> Um, so he strolled into the convenience store around 2 a.m. on Tuesday, and while the worker behind the counter was caught up doing something else, McClellan reached over and took 13 scratch-offs worth just over $100. Let me tell you where he went wrong. Okay. He took the wrong number, 13. Oh, so it was not lucky, unlucky. Unlucky. <laughs> See, you can't steal and take the wrong number. <laughs> you so, know what that is? What's that? When you just starting. That's a big dummy. You big cold-blooded dummy. <laughs> but but it but the story don't stop there. So he he oh, slipped. There's more. Oh yeah, there's there's Do more. Tell. So he left out the store. Police say, and apparently he couldn't wait to see if any of his tickets were winners. One was. It was worth thirty dollars. So a few hours later, he showed later. back up. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I got my pen out. Let me hit. Let y'all. <laughs> Two a.m. It's like men's society right now. Steal. You bought the beer at a thirteen. <laughs> That's a bad number anyway. Right. Only thirteen I want is million. Other than that, <laughs> I don't want nothing else. Thirteen tickets. Yep. At two a.m. A few hours. So is this few? Is this our few? So was few is two. No, a couple, couple is, is two. two. Few, few is, is like four or five. Three or four. Yeah. Okay. Huh. A little quick math. Click, click. Gotcha. Your internal calculator? Yes, my internal calculator. So, dumbass came back about 5.30 <laughs> a.m. Yep. Same day. Yep. Okay. Yep. We're probably wearing the same clothes. So, back up at the same Speedway, so convenience store, to cash it in per police. So, according to the jail records, See McClellan that? was oh, charged no. with petty theft. You said per police. That means they got him. <laughs> <laughs> so he came back in the store workers called the police and the police arrested him because he tried to cash him in for That's $30 at the same store stole $100 worth got 30 went to jail over well he made a he did make a profit because it was free five finger discount <laughs> and then he made $30 well now you gotta make bail now you gotta make bail <laughs> so all in all it wasn't worth it because he was a it's tough times right now, man. You got you to gotta get it how you live, but Herb, I don't think this was orchestrated Herb correctly. First of all, Herb, the Herbster. <laughs> the Herbster <laughs> is in the slammer. Right. <laughs> Who names their child Herbert? That must I be mean, a family I, name. I ain't hating on the name Herbert. I am. I'm hating on the way that he planned this out. Yeah. That just wasn't smart. Well, after he gets released from jail, Herbert will be now a hermit. A hermit? <laughs> Herbert the hermit? Because <laughs> now he can't go to a speedway. He, he did, did they not tell you? He also has a lifetime ban from all speedway convenience stores. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so man. he is the recipient of our Big Dummy Award. Yeah. award. Oh, no, you big dummy. Big ass dummy. Yeah, that's tragic right there. That's a hey. Hate it for you, Herbert. Nah, that's what you get, stupid. <laughs> Goodness gracious. You know what? I read this quote. Life is hard, but it's harder when you're stupid. <laughs> that's cold-blooded. <laughs> Rick it James. Is, it, it is. <laughs> Think about it. Life is hard where we are right now. Life is hard. Yeah. 
And then when you do stupid stuff, it makes life You've compounded so, it. It makes life so much harder. So yeah. hey, I don't know your struggle, Herbert, but I know your struggle now, brother. And look, those thirteen lottery tickets got you now pent up in the jail, backed into a corner, making sure your bunkmate, Debo, <laughs> don't take your lottery tickets. <laughs> So hit it for me one more time. Big dummy. I'm not Kenya. You're a big dummy. <laughs> hey, who we got on the show? It ain't Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> Damn show, man. <laughs> Coming up on the Cut To It podcast, we've got Will Healy, the current coach of the Charlotte 49ers football team, a former FCS coach of the year. He led UNC Charlotte to their first bowl appearance in their program's history. Will Healy on the Cut To It podcast. Our first segment, Coach, is called Get Iced Up. So it is basically our version of icebreakers. You don't know what's coming. We got some pre-selected questions that me and him talked about. You don't know what's coming up. Uh, So there may or may not be a follow-up. And, Smitty, go ahead and give him the first one. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Buckle up, buttercup. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying I don't know why. All right. Here we go. Here we go. If you had an extra hour of free time a day, what would you use it to do? I, I would the the politically correct answer is I would spend it with my family. If I if it was just me, I'd play golf. Oh, that's a yeah, yeah, two, th- yeah. Two, two, yeah, two yeah, pretty a, normal answers. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah. You know, you oh, s- Southerner. You from the South, yep, right? Yep. Yeah, from you Udawah, Tennessee. Look, from where? Udawah, Tennessee. Udawah. Where's Udawah? Right next to Chattanooga. It's about fifteen we, minutes north of Chattanooga, heading towards Knoxville. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. So I understand you're a golfer. I'm a little bit of golfer, yeah. you know. Hey, I I can tear up some grass. I got no. Uh, take credit. You shot an 85 the other day. You're doing, yeah. you're doing good. Where'd you do that? Uh, where do we play, Joe? Ocean, Ocean Course. Ocean Isle. Ocean Isle. Yeah. Kiowa. At Kiowa. Where they're having the PGA next, yeah. next year. So I played that this summer. My wife What'd walked you it shoot? with me. I knew that was. I played <laughs> all the way from the tips. All right, I went me? back, <laughs> back, back. <laughs> All right, and walk the thing. Well, you only can walk if you're disabled, so you don't get no brownie points for walking. Well, yeah, that, you can take a card after 10, because I found that out, too. Really? Yeah, they lied oh, to You me. mother, Joe. Yeah. Joe, they, they, they lied to You me. know what? Because Joe was with a black dude. Me, that's how I do it. They always holding us back. <laughs> so I shot, I shot 84. I blew up on the back. Shot 37 on the front. There you go. I shot 85. Yeah. There you go. Then, Look at you. And then Me, I you struggled. can play. Struggle bus? Struggled coming in. Yeah. Well, it's so long. It got the best it, of it, me. It throws you off because you're going fast. I literally cool. hit a shot from the beach on one of the last couple of holes. Like, I, mm. I fanned it so far right oh, that wow. I was so like out of on the beach. I'm not, off the sand. I'm not, go, I'm not going that far. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm going to play another yeah. one. <laughs> no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> no, nah, I, I wanted to try myself. Yeah. I wanted to challenge myself. Yeah, okay, hit. cool. All right. What are you most thankful for? Uh, family, for sure. Uh, got an unbelievable wife. I met her in seventh grade. Uh, wow. Have two kids, five-year-old boy and uh, almost two-year-old boy, and uh, they're awesome. Uh, I love being. What are your around boys' them. names? Eli and Win. 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 All I do is win. W W Y N N. Okay. Okay. W Y N N. What was the meaning behind those? I we, we had some friends in Chattanooga that like we we just heard them you know hey we like this name and we yeah. stole it from them it was really <laughs> what it was like we we heard the name we liked it so it's Win Livingston Livingston's my middle name so we used my oh. middle school yeah and then we got William Elliot 
Uh, we call them Eli. So, yeah, they're awesome. Hmm. Cool. All right, what's your biggest pet peeve and why? Negativity. I mm. freaking hate it. Um, I don't want to be around negative people. Um, I think it drains you. It's energy sucking. Um, and mm. I feel like you can find something positive out of everything. Well, so as a coach, you got to be around negative people. What do you do to adjust? Well, I, I think you have to show them what is negative and why is it important to be positive. You know, I mean, to me, it's life changing when you can find ways to, you yeah, know, find something positive in everything. And if that's your mindset, and to me, it's kind of an accountability and a positivity deal. Like mm. the accountability of finding yourself at fault with any given situation and then the positivity of saying, mm. okay, I've got control over it so I can fix it instead of the coach screwed me or it's a bad situation or whatever it is. Like what could I do differently to make sure the coach had no choice but play me? And then how can I find positivity in this time of struggle? Mm. Yeah, you got to boss some that stuff up and write a book. Nah, <laughs> don't do that because I'm going to debunk half of it after this. I'm a former player. I done heard that nonsense I guarantee before. you. So you're born – Raised in the South. Yep. So you have those Southern, you know, obliging walk a, you know, woman or older, or good elder. Old, good or old lady. Southern hospitality. Yeah, good Let's old break Southern it down ho- like that. Ho- hospitality. So you, you walking into the store or a building, older lady or younger lady, it doesn't matter. Woman goes in, you open the door. Correct. 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 All right. When you open up the door, Right at the crack of the frame of the door, you look down, and there's a $50 bill. Do you, ma'am? She dropped it. I didn't say she dropped it. Okay. You got you got to fill in that blank. You got to fill in the blank. This is a filling. You open up the door. You see, she goes. She takes about 10, 15 steps. You know, you stop. You look down for some reason. There's $50 in between, right there at your foot. Do you ask her, is it hers? Do you chase her down? Or do you keep it moving? I can 100% tell you I would chase her down and ask her if it was hers. And if it was not, I would give it to somebody at the store because somebody's coming back for 50 bucks. Oh, he doubled down on being the Southern yeah. gentleman. I really he would. He doubled down. That's awesome. I, be- yeah. I, I can answer that 100%. That is awesome. A, I would have done. B, probably What would you have done? I, I just said I would have. I probably would have chased her down. She said, no, that's not my money. It's in my pocket. Okay. <laughs> or give it to somebody who needs it. Or keep it in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not judging. I've I've done. I've every cardinal sin in the book. I've done. I okay. promise. What was your? What's yours, bro? That's a that's a shoulder tap from the Lord. Fifty dollars. I'm gonna sow a seed. The Lord said, "I love what you just did." Yeah. And, and I'm going to tip you for it. Your tip. <laughs> I'm going to pick that thing up. Thank you, Jesus. Put it in my money clip and keep it moving. The, the thank you, Jesus part is what saved you, I guess, on it. I got $50. <laughs> I don't care what you talk about, dog. Look. So we got varying degrees of Southern yeah. hospitality. Hey, I, I love Shoot. it. Thank you, Jesus. What? What? <laughs> I ain't chasing that lady. What you talking about? She dropped it. Where I'm from? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Come up. That is a... Hey. The, I, Lord, I need you today. Bang, that's that $50. <laughs> what are you talking about? What'd he say? If you ask, you shall, you shall receive. receive. I like it. I don't know why that tickled me so much. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, Coach, you ready? Look, just listen. We got we got look. Um, let me just show you. I got you. We got you in studio, so we, yeah. we we love it. We we think it's awesome. I got four or five pages right of all this stuff. I'm gonna tell you right now. I could rip it all up. You know, what we I want to know. We're gonna use our baseline of some of the things that mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. have, and then we're just gonna let you. We just want to have it conversation ha- flow conversation, naturally, right? Um, so really, our our. Our standard is always where where are you from in a place that you call hometown your hometown? Yeah, uh, I mean Udawa is where Udawa, Udawa, Tennessee. Um, How many stoplights? It's I mean we got WalMarts, we got Chick Fil A, we got Starbucks. Yeah, that's that's a metropolitan area. So when when we moved there, it wasn't that way. It had a a golden gallon uh, and a Waffle House. A what? Golden Gallon, which is a, a, a gas station, oh, and then a Waffle yeah. House. That's from Tennessee. Uh, but but now it's it's uh, it's it's a booming metropolis. Uh, I moved there when I was five. Okay. Uh, I had two older brothers. One's eight years older. One's ten years older. Mm-hmm. And uh, middle brother was getting into some trouble, um, and so we moved out as far away as we could, uh, where he could uh, get his act together. Mm-hmm. And so uh, grew up there, and. Um, and and I mean that's that's still where my parents are still there. Same house I grew up in. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Yep. All right. Oh. Was it, so what was your favorite team growing up as a kid? Any sport? I was uh my dad, uncle and granddad all played at Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. So I grew up a huge Georgia Tech fan. Joe Yellow Hamilton Jackets. and Stephon yeah. Marbury and, and oh, he Matt went football Harper. and basketball. Okay, okay, so that's okay. my deal. I mean, I, I did not miss a basketball or a football game. Mm. Like not I, I didn't always go to Atlanta no, no, from Chattanooga, but I was gonna watch it or listen yeah. to it or yeah. uh, Starberry. He was nice back then. He, he a lot was, of people forget he went to Georgia Tech. Yep, yeah, he, he was, was there for nice. a year. Yeah. yeah. And and uh Drew uh, Drew Barry, Matt Harpering was a stud, uh, you know, and then the the glory days of of Big Bad Joe Hamilton. Mm. That was my guy. Joe mm. Hamilton's my favorite college. No offense, my favorite college football player of all time. <laughs> no offense, he didn't want you to be offended <laughs> by I'm Joe not, Hamilton. I don't know why I'd be I offended. Had, so right. I grew up watching. Are you trying to say you only had one black fan or the friend? What is, no? Why would I, I be offended? I don't. Uh, <laughs> What my my the guys who made me want to play quarterback uh-huh. were Joe Ham, Charlie Ward, and mm. Tommy Frazier. Those were my three dudes. Tommy Frazier, wow, two two amazing running quarterbacks. Okay, I'm options. Gonna, like, I'm gonna ooh. get a flag for this. You named all people that you are not. Well, you know, I wanted to be them. <laughs> the boys was athletic. Yeah, I'm looking at. Coach, I saw Coach walk in the building. <laughs> I don't I'm, look like I'm stereotyping. Right? You don't. Yeah, passing judgment. I'm passing judgment. Thou shalt say? not judge. Hey, I, they told me. Thou shalt not be unrealistic either. <laughs> you do. You're a football coach. You you use the eye test. I wouldn't uh, recruit you. myself. <laughs> I know that. I'm, the people ask me why you get into. I tried to pump you up, coach. No, like, people, say, you people, people say why you get into coaching because I wasn't good enough to keep playing. I mean that's the truth. Like I know I wouldn't recruit myself right now. But I mean, I, I'm okay with that. I know who I am. I know my, I, I you know, I know my limitations. I just thought it was cool. It's like, oh, uh, but yeah. you can want to be that person. I know, but I'm just those, trying to. It, it, those were that. Those were those dudes. At seven, back eight yeah. years old, I didn't know I wasn't going to be them. I thought I was. Okay. But I mean, think about I'm it. They'll cut you yeah. off. I just was, that was my listening face. It was Joe, like, Joe Hamilton was a five ten. Alvin, South Carolina quarterback that, you know, was not highly recruited. Let me tell you something. I, I love football. And when you name the people you're talking about, Charlie Ward was Charlie unbelievable. Ward was, I, oh, my God. It, it, I thought 
for me, and some Nick fans will agree, some probably wouldn't. I, it was remarkable his career mm-hmm. in basketball that he had compared to. I thought he was a dynamic football player as well. I thought for sure he was always Me the best too. football player. And then he had a long basketball yeah, career. But Steady that's, Eddie. That's yeah. amazing, the fact that that dude could leave the game of football and go have that type. Not like a – He wasn't no like slouch. No. Yeah. no. He wasn't like – He his athleticism. 12 yeah. years in the yeah. NBA. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying, a long career. Yeah. It, it ain't like he just had a three-year career. He, yeah, he had wasn't a, a bench warmer. He was like – He was a legit point yeah. guard. Yeah. So that's why – and then – I grew up, Tommy Frazier, mm-hmm. uh, God rest his soul, and all the stuff that he had to deal with with Lawrence Phillips. That, yep. that whole and Nebraska, Nebraska squad. squad. Where they ran that option? They Ooh. ran that option. Ooh. Like when you're saying these individuals, I'm like, wow, that's that. I, I'm exaggerating now to been like you saying, man, you know, love Roger Craig, which I love, but there are some things where. You generally, I believe, especially as young kids, little boys, you you gravitate or show favoritism to the people you believe athletically you can emulate you resembled, yeah. or resemble, and that's that's why I kind of kind of joking. But there's you know there are some like for me playing wide receiver, wanting to be a wide receiver. There are some wide receivers that I'm like like. Uh, what was it Reed that played with Minnesota or um, Herman Moore? Like some of those taller yeah. receivers. You just didn't relate to him? No, no. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the, you know, the short man pe- uh, category. So I did. Welcome. We meet on Tuesdays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really want to emulate those guys because yeah. I, you know, I had the feeling I wasn't going to be 6'5. Yeah. Right, so th- and that's that, why the Joe Hamilton story for me was like yeah. so. That's cool though. He's a small dude, you know, four four year starter. Yeah. I mean, made Georgia Tech cool. Oh, made Georgia know? Tech super cool. And they were because right after they le- right after he left, they went back to reality. <laughs> we have to take a break, and more than anything, we gotta pay some bills. Mm-hmm. You got check. I love cut to it, and I I love it even more when you. Download us and subscribe. And you can follow us on social media too, Smitty. Where where at? That's at Cut To It on Instagram. What about Twitter? At Cut To It. Facebook? Cut To It featuring Steve Smith Sr. What about online? And you can follow us at CutToItPodcast.com where you can buy merch and you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I got all my answers questions. Yeah. Uh, I got all my questions answered. That's what I'm here for, brother. Cut to it, podcast.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? 
That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Yes. So so Young Will was watching Joe Hamilton and Georgia Tech. How did your upbringing shape your view on how you see the world today? You know, I I think that sports really helped me get a much better Hmm view of what how I see the world today than probably anything I ever have from my my background my mom's from America's Georgia uh what America's it's uh Sumter County Georgia it's south Georgia like south south Georgia that's like Uh, North Florida like uh, near Albany or Albany you know what I thought you said America's Georgia I was like America's Georgia. I was like, like, oh shit! Yeah, Yeah. you got one of these. No, 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 no. I'm not that guy. Uh, (laughs) Get him off! Uh, uh, (laughs) Help us, Joe. Help us. Help us. But I, 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 think, got, I got panicked. I was like, "Damn, I don't like them no more." No, I mean, no, it's backstage Joe a little bit. Americus, C U S. That's why. Um, that's why I asked. I, I appreciate you clearing that up. Yes, because we, we right before we lost about hundred and fifty followers yeah. just off that. No, it was like what? No, uh, and so I mean, for me, it was like I got a. a I mean, the thing I love most about my profession right now is that it's not typically what a white guy from Ottawa, Tennessee with that lived on the lake and went to private school. It's not the the world that typically most of my friends are living in. My brothers, you know, um, I think that it's, hmm. you know, it, it's it just gives you an appreciation for people of all different backgrounds, of all different beliefs. Uh, you, I mean, I get asked the question all the time, if you weren't coaching football, what would you do? I mean, I could, I, I'd be fine doing something else. Hmm. Like, I – I love football, but football is not my life. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, wow. if it, my deal is there's nothing else I would choose to do because of the relationships I have with people who are we we don't have. If you found us, if you saw us both on the street, there, you would no way in the world those two people are our best friends, and that's and what that's a part of sports. sports is special. Mm-hmm. Sports does that. I mean, the church doesn't even do that right now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the the church is the most segregate one of the most segregated areas in the United States. You put a jersey on 
right? And you got differences, and we still have bickering. And we'll all come together. Our staff fights like like we're brothers. I get it. But if you gave me one person to go drink beer with and go hang out with, Mm -hmm. it'd be the people on our staff. Mm. Wow, and that's cool. That's that's not normal. That's that's real talk. My brothers, my brothers' perception and life experiences have changed because of what I've gone through with sports. Mm -hmm. You know, like. The teammates that I have, the, my best friends, my, the, the coaches that I work with, their perception has changed in a very white world, you know, like they get to see a different side and have different experiences. And I think that's why judgment is made is based on your experiences. My experiences have been different can, because of sports. Can we go there then? Yeah, Just love you, you giving us this opportunity because there are times, uh, you know, We've had a number of guys on. We had Michael uh, Malcolm Jenkins, and he mm-hmm. discussed what it was for him to be um, go to all black school. Yeah, and then when he went to public school, where he he saw and experienced things at the public school that he didn't really know any different yeah. until he was outside. Uh, when he got outside of his box, yeah. right, and and, I, and a, a black box, yeah, right, and and. And so there are times where people say things of, no matter who it is, where they go, well, there's no such thing as systemic racism. You know, everybody's created equal. Everybody's the same. But the truth of the matter is, and I'm in an interracial relationship with my wife. Me and her have been married 20 years. We have four kids. She was born and raised in Utah. Our relationship has not always been accepted in her family. Yeah. But yet, when we walk, we used to walk around in Utah in 1990, Mm -hmm. 2000, 2001, where it's like they look at me, they look at my wife, Mm -hmm. they look at my son, then they look back at me. And I used to always like, do we look alike? (laughs) Right? And so, um, but I also left some of people in my family also told me, right, don't go to Utah and marry a white woman, mm. right? And that that was tough, right? And, but I grew up in L.A., which is so much diversity. Mm-hmm. But yet, at times, our minds and our hearts are not di- as I, diverse mm. as we believe they are. You're limited to your own learned experience. Correct. That's what, that's what I noticed with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I think Coach brought that up. I yeah. mean, so many people look at things in a vacuum. They're, they, You may be from one place, but sometimes you have that place mentality. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think both of y'all are talking about mm-hmm. in, in your own different walks. Yeah. I think the cool part about it is you and your wife broke the chain. Yep. Like, yeah. It takes somebody to break the chain. It takes somebody to be like, you know what? I know what the perception is, but like, I love this person and I don't really Doesn't give a matter. damn what anybody Doesn't thinks matter. about it. And, and that's cool. Now, like, I, I'll never forget. I'm in sixth grade. My my mom, who He's is from sixth um, grade out, like, that was like four years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> eight years ago. Wait a minute. Uh, Wait a minute. Right? He's so young. Uh, <laughs> The Looking. my my one of my really good friends from school, TJ Brooks, I right, comes over to my house. Black guy, my my grandmother from Americus, Georgia, C U S Georgia, okay. right is is at my house. My Uh-oh. mother's mom, and um, Americus, Georgia is not. There is no no TJ happy medium, right? Oh, no. device is is divided. I mean, it is very segregated. Yeah. Okay, so. 
Hold on, TJ. hold on. Let me before you go into the story. Is Grandma still alive? No, I, love her. I, I just don't want you to get back. <laughs> no, 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 no. Will you go back to America's? So uh, no, Georgia. I hadn't been back there. I promise. So, <laughs> just, just make a show. Because no. so, hey, you can catch them paws for Grandma now. And I, I, t- I told our team this story this okay, summer. Okay, cool, cool. You All know, right. and uh, so I, we walk into the house, and my grandmother packs her stuff up, and she leaves. Wow. And she told my mom. If this is what's going to happen in your house, I'm not coming to your house. Wow. Okay? This is, what would I be, you know, 11, 12 years old? So this is, you know, like 1997, seven. right? Yeah. Let's say 1997, I a, 98. I just graduated high school. Yeah. So for me, you know what? My mom in a situation where she didn't have to, we're talking family here. Yeah. We're, talk, mm-hmm. we're talking blood, yep. right? It could be very easy for my mom to just say, Will, just go play outside. Like She said, you know what? This is a major impact in my son's life, mm. and I'm going to make sure he knows this is okay. My mom broke the chain yeah. in my wow. house. I remember and that, right? I, I, I think about my five-year-old has now been to a march, mm. a, a, to a protest. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. And he's on the shoulders of three of our black players mm. that are – they know he's tired of walking, right? He, it's written all over his face, <laughs> right? Yeah. And he's screaming and yelling things. He don't know what the hell they mean, right? He's still yelling it through the, sh- the streets of Chantilly, right? And this is what democracy looks like and all these th- – he doesn't even know what democracy is, right? <laughs> but th- one day, I'll when he really understands yeah. it, mm. I'll be able to go back and say, you did this because mm-hmm. you support some people – who are were on daddy's team mm-hmm. who aren't going through some of the same things you're doing. Don't they, they have different fears than you have, but you can still love each other. Mm. Right. And my, my biggest thing that I always say to players, look, I'm the goofy dorky white dude from Udawal, Tennessee. No, I don't claim to know. And I don't claim to understand mm. that. You know what the last six months did for me? It told me how ignorant I was on a lot of different situations. Mm. Inky Johnson, all right, one of the most powerful mm-hmm. moments I've had in coaching. Inky Johnson is on the uh, a Zoom call, which before we leave, I want you to talk to our guys on Zoom. But Inky Johnson's on a Zoom call, okay, talking to our football team. Inky came to Baltimore. Great. Great, oh great speaker. Gosh. Great speaker. I, I, uh, Morgan, uh, uh, Morgan, who is our punter, I mean our long snapper, um, played with Inky. Yeah. And so he got him to come, but he, he went in detail. He got to introduce Inky. And talked about what it was like and what happened to Inky, and it was, yeah, it's you know, it, it, it's one thing that Inky tells it, but when you hear Have someone else tell a it from fellow their brother from their yeah. perspective as how they as lost him yeah. and what it was, what it was like and what he did. Look, I, I mean, I'm getting yeah. you really go- are getting goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps <laughs> talking about it because it was such an impactful. Yeah. Uh, conversation, wow! So and you talk about positivity, yes, sir. Mm. I'm mean, you, t- yeah, yeah, like oozing, yeah. Like I mean, talking about bottled up, bottled it. Well, a reason he's sell it. a reason he's successful doing what he's doing and right it's now. Still on back away. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so Inky speaks. All right, and one of the things that our our defense coordinator Marcus West, who is a brother to me, literally, is says to Inky, "Do you think that the George Floyd death?" is as close as we've had to uh, Emmett Till as anything that's happened in, in the last decade or two. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm sitting there, and my initial reaction is, I don't know who the hell you know Emmett, Emmett Till, Till is. is. Yeah. Wow. Right? Well, first and, of all, stop. I love your transparency. Yeah. Well, right? I, I love the fact. Not pretending that you. That you you're not, you're not, one, you're not trying to pump yourself up. You're mm-hmm. not trying to 
water it down. You being right. honest and true, you know, because a lot of times, especially coaches, y'all can be full of shit sometimes. Yeah, you know. And I love that you're actually like, hey, I, I did not, I, know. I didn't know, right? So what do you? All right, you're on a Zoom meeting, yeah. right, with 160 players that, and and soon as they ask you, you got to you got to respond. You, gotta, you the, have to respond. The screen now goes <laughs> no, no, to no, you. No, 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 no. Marcus and Inky are having this conversation, oh, okay. right? I'm just listening. You oh. ear but hustling. I have okay. two. I have two ways I can go with this thing. You can lie. I can sit there and Ignore. act like this didn't Ignore. exist. Okay. Or I can say, educate me. Yeah. You can be passive or you can be active. Right. No doubt about it. And so I said, I you, on the Zoom call, <laughs> you're warming up to this 49er thing. I, I said on the Zoom call, I don't know who Emmett Till is. Mm. Right. And one of our players, Tyler Ringwood, who I love and respect the hell out of, says, Coach, that's the problem. Mm. Right? That is the problem. And I said, you're exactly right. I was and say, inst- how did you take that? And instead of, I love it. Yeah. Tell mm. me how you feel. Mm-hmm. Right? You're right. That is the problem. And his point was not, you are the problem. Yeah, his yeah, point yeah. was that that's not taught in the history books mm-hmm. of Board Buchanan School. So you having that transparency yeah. moment with your team, Look, how, I, how, did, how, did, how did that shape the dynamic? How did that? I'm, I mean, I'm sure it galvanized and maybe made everything stronger. I, I think that the, the most important attribute of a leader is authenticity. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. just be who you are. You know, if I'm in a, if I'm in a room recruiting a, uh, a guy from inner city Birmingham and, and uh, you know, I didn't grow up there, but mm-hmm. doesn't mean that I can't love your son and want to help your son go to where he wants to go and help him, you know, reach his aspirations. So it's like, Help me understand. Help me learn. And so, you know, we, we talked about it, and we talked about how it is an issue. And and you know what it made me do? It made me go watch a bunch of stuff on Emmett Till. Wow. You know? And then it made me come back to the players and be like, okay, I know more than you know now. Ooh. Like, here's, here's, here's what I learned. And it was, you know, same thing I, I did – uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s speech, the I Have a Dream speech, right? Ooh. I have heard I have a dream yeah. and everything that follows. Yeah. But I've never watched to... the 17 minutes, Yeah, okay? I had to learn that. I had to learn it, memorize it in school in, like, the third grade. Yeah. It's, 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 not all the, it's not all the coffee mug quotes that no. we just no. think of. It's, it's not just the I have a dream stuff. There's, and I asked a, our there's players. There's so many more things to go to it. I asked our players, how many of you watched the whole thing, right? And not many. Yeah. So I show it during camp. We show it on a projector. We have to meet outside because you got to be socially distanced mm-hmm. and you're meeting in chairs in a pavilion in the middle of campus, right? And we're showing this I Have a Dream speech. Martin Luther King Jr. says, from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee, mm. right? Uh-oh. That's where my family was born. Wow. That's where for the first five years before we moved to Udawal, we we lived. Mm. My grandparents, my dad, my, my brothers were raised there. Like... Th- and and so the question I asked after the the speech was, what has changed and what hasn't changed? What are we still fighting today? Right, police brutality. Obviously, one of the things that was still right. There's still segregation. I mean, whether mm-hmm. we want to act like I mean, there's there's still a yeah. there there's there's still racism. Yeah. I mean, and I always say to me, racism exists because of the extremes. Like everybody who just wants to perceive it this way and with their experiences, they watch the news and they see the, you know, the KKK guy. And then they see this guy doing this black guy doing this. And they say, all white people are like this and all black people are like this. It's in a vacuum. Right. So that's not, again, that's not my experience. But when they said, you know, I said, how is it, how is it improved? And I said, boys, I just want to tell you something like this dude is praying 
that people from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee will get the point. I'm from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee, Mm -hmm. and I'm having this conversation with you all today, like trying to better understand how I can help you and how you can feel safe and how you know you're loved and how you can change the world. Like I, you know how it's changed the fact that I can have this conversation mm-hmm. with you and the fact that you will listen, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, like we're, we're making progress in some area. We're not anywhere close to where we need to be, but like there's some real conversations that our football team has had through some of these experiences where in my opinion, I talked to Ron Sanchez, our basketball coach about this. The greatest point he said, he said, will, when it hurts you as bad as it hurts some of your black players, when it hurts your white players as some as bad as bad as it hurts some of the the uh, the white players as bad as some hurts some of the black players, then we're making That's progress. progress. Yeah. And and when I don't allow a conversation that shouldn't be had because it's a white world and because it's a comfortable environment, mm. when I say that doesn't work here, you're breaking a trend. Yes, you're sir. stopping like that's how you make oh. progress and that's the coolest thing about football, you know? Yeah. Me I get to have a conversation, you know, real conversations and say, educate me because I care. I appreciate you. I want to understand your difference, where you came from. So, you know. Let's just kind of get into the recruiting because you have a guy that comes in, you're you're 34, 35 years old. You look 24, (laughs) 25 years old. You're not the same complexion as the people you're going into the homes you're going into, how do you manage to connect with the parents? Like, how do you handle being literally, you're on a, putting a sports analogy, four by four, 400, you (laughs) you coming in at the last 100 Mm -hmm. meters, but it's damn near the important 100 meters. You got to bring it home. You got to bring it home. How does that work? With because you're the head coach, and you also coming in at, when you know you got a kid and a family who is extremely interested, but you got to seal a deal. Yeah, I. I mean, t- to me, I, I think the biggest thing you got to do that's different than everybody else. Talk right to now me. Tell me. Is you got <laughs> to talk to the parents from the get go. Mm. Mm. And so and that does not always happen. No, it sure At, don't. It really does not. Especially depending on the school, they think, "Oh, I'm I'm Florida State. I don't yeah. have to talk and, to the parents." And maybe they can't. I don't know. But I've never been. I've never been. I've never been recruited for Florida State, so I don't know. And I was just gonna say, even <laughs> think now, like these players got Instagram, yeah. you got Twitters. Coaches hit them up on there. Yeah. You know, I mean, to me, it's like, what what are you selling? What makes you different? Mm. And to me, if your people make you different, then your people need to talk to their people, right? Mm-hmm. So. If, I mean, for me, our rule is when we offer a guy, we have to talk to the high school coach because the high school coach is being left out Mm -hmm. of this now, right? Because they got a handler or they're in an AAU team or whatever it is, right? So Sometimes the high school coaches, though, you can't trust some of these high school coaches. Some of these high school coaches be on that BS. Yeah. Sorry. Well, (laughs) especially when you go back a year later and they're like, yeah, I probably could have told you he was going to, you know, not pan out for you. And you're like, why didn't you tell me that a year ago? But mm-hmm. it, so that's a wound. You, know, you okay? Yeah, that was a wound right there. <laughs> yeah, that, was, <laughs> that was that was directed <laughs> at, at a yeah, head. Coach. That was somebody right, <laughs> right. now. You listen uh, to that podcast. Right. Your head coach, <laughs> that, a high school, school coach. He talking about you. If you're wondering if it's you, it's probably you, <laughs> yeah, right? You. Uh, the, the my biggest deal is that um, you know I, I think that you have, especially now. He's smart. Why are you grinning? Because right now? you have to pick a guy who matches your culture. What's mm. your, 
You go, you go. Where's my ink pen? <laughs> right. All right. So for me, I, I'm 35. I look mm. 24. Right. Yeah. If I walk in, the, the the question that I never get is, "Can you relate?" I always get, you know, like, "Oh, this guy, he's young, he can relate." I don't, I don't. Nobody worries about that. They worry about can the eighty year old relate to the eighteen to twenty three year olds. My deal is, they always look at me like, "How is this child going to help my son become a grown ass yeah, yeah, man by the time he leaves?" I, 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 I would want yeah, somebody right? just told him that two weeks <laughs> ago right. as a black mama. So I get it. I understand. Yeah, baby, he gonna my come here and do is, <laughs> To answer that question, there has to be some kind oh, I got a story about that. of disciplining moment that you that you have. Like an, it may be an official visit, and mm-hmm. you may you know be slouched down in your seat and falling asleep, or not paying be on your phone when there's an academic person across sitting across from you. So it's my first chance to rip your ass. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we don't do that around here, man. I tell you what, you can find it if this is the way you're going to be. We can go ahead and find you another place to go. Mm. And if they respond to it, then I know that they'll learn, right? Because sometimes their mom is sitting right next to them and they're doing it, and you're like, well, maybe they haven't learned this yet. That's true. Right? It's it's not their fault that they don't know. I will teach somebody who doesn't know and will do it. What I will not teach is the one. Accepted behavior. Who knows it and just won't do it. Let me ask you how many athletic, very athletic players? You take the mindset of, I can teach them, and then you discover they're unteachable. What do you do with that? Um, I've made that mistake plenty of times. Ooh. You know, um, and I, I always go back. Uh, Tony Bennett has a quote that you got to take players you can lose with before you can win. Wow. And he, he's I'm exactly like right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it, it's so – I remember – Year one at Austin P, we go 0 and 11. Year two, we go 8 and 1 versus FCS competition, have the best turnaround in college football. Year three, it's like we're going undefeated, mm. right? And you take some questionable character guys, and then you have five guys leave your staff, right, that had invested and picked those people, and you felt like could handle those guys, and, and they had bought into the position coach. And now you have some guys that, I mean, you know what, I really don't believe in shaking a hand or looking somebody in the eye or, or you know, having having energy, passion, enthusiasm, and positivity all day long or, you know, uh, um, you know the importance of making a, a good first impression or a community, like whatever it may be that's important, that are important at our place, you know, because everybody's got the right answer, right? In recruiting, we have a family environment, right? We'll help you reach your aspirations, uh, we got what you need academically. You give them a great meal, right? You, you give them steaks, we'll roll out lobster. the red carpet, all that kind of as soon stuff. As soon as they sign, the question is: bologna cheese sandwiches. Like, are you? Are you? That's right. The old bean switch move. It's the program. <laughs> hey, right? It is. It's it the is. program. It the cheerleaders is. are gone. The band's we gone. Now what you got for That's exactly right. That boy sign. It's a bugle. That's right. That's right. So I mean that that's it. Now what kind you, you talk about relationships with high school coaches? Yeah. You go recruit one of these guys. You've sold him the world. What's his experience when he gets there? Because mm-hmm. it'll be the only kid you sign from that high school if what you're selling yep. is different than what he experiences. You ain't lying. So, so my deal is whatever I'm going to tell you is what's going to happen. So would you debunk the myth then that a lot of people think that when you're recruiting you're selling that player on the program, but from your seat you're you have to sell on the culture and building a culture. Listen, if I worked at Harvard, I'd probably sell the school. I, I don't, you know, and for me, 
80% of my time as a college athlete was dictated by what my coach told me I had to do. Study hall, travel. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, I'm going to go to class, but I would do that if I was a regular student. I'm not going out in the fall, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, after a win on Saturday night, but you don't have time. Mm -hmm. You're not doing anything else. So, an experience. You're not supposed to have time. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) I didn't have enough friends, I guess, obviously. Uh, But my deal is, like, it's – the coach is going to dictate what type of experience yeah. you have mm-hmm. at a place. That's true. That's true. And you're not, so you're not picking it. I mean, you could say it sounds great. I want to pick a place that I'd be happy if I wasn't playing football. Well, that's a dang. Good. I mean, that's not like any coach who tells me, you know, we're, we're not, we're not, I'm not selling myself. I'm selling the school or that's what anybody, I mean. that's the that BS yeah, that, anybody who I recruit against who says, you know, that that we've we've got you know this or that that doesn't have to do with the staff. No, you're picking Charlotte because of our staff, mm. because our staff's going to give you a great experience. And oh, by the way, here's what we're going to sell to get you to Charlotte: a city, a campus, an opportunity, you know, a culture, these type of things. But you're, I mean, you have to sell people. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's me selling me, and then is, once I sell that, you'll believe in our vision and. Which is important because you know, for for our listeners, you're the coach of the Charlotte 49ers. It is a program that's only been around since 2013. Yep. So it's not like you have this longstanding history of which you can. You talk don't have about, a history of any good or bad. Yeah. Which, have is, a, which is good. Don't have a ball game appearance until you, you lead your team there in in 2019. So it talk. Would would you walk us through what that looks like from having a very infant program and 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 selling players on that? Yeah, it is. That's your infant impression? I mean, you're thinking about you built a stadium for an FCS program, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you, you built a facility for I an mean, FCS program. I mean, knocked down a parking structure. Yeah. I used to park in there, too. Really? <laughs> I, used to, I used to have football camps there back in the day. Yeah. And, and, um, and what else? You know, just soccer tournaments, all the kids' activities. So, I, you know, I've seen that campus grow over yeah. years. I I'm an, I'll say I'm an alumni. He's there alumni. was nothing there. I yeah. was there when there was no football. There was nothing there when that stadium was I think that, um, you know, for me, it's um, the 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 program aspect. You're 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 not taking a guy who wants to hop on a bandwagon, right? You're not yeah. you're not taking a guy who wants to be the next Amani Edwards at App, or who wants to be the next Joe Hamilton at Georgia Tech, or mm-hmm. like you're taking a guy that literally is confident enough in themselves and has a little bit different swag about them where they want to go be like the first to do it. They mm. want to be the the trailblazer. You know, they want to go have their have their picture all over the building. Um it's probably they want to build a program. Yeah. yeah. I mean and and there's it's a different it's a different kind of uh task and it's a different kind of challenge, but there's a lot of fun in being the group that that builds it. And then there's a whole other task and to challenge to, sus- yeah. to sustain it. So you you you've used the word culture. Yeah. What what, what break? Is it the most overused word in in coaching? Hmm. I, it's the most bullshit as yeah. word. Why, why you said why the right you, word to? I just I like the way it. that you said it though. Yeah. Well, we we sometimes I know. What, 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 get mad what, too, <laughs> she won't you. listen to this, this episode, <laughs> so I'm good. But why, why do you say that? Though? Because I think coaches sometimes, like, I struggle with coaches where there's a, in sports, there is this expectations from players, and then there's this unaccountable expectation from coaches that I've seen or heard or witnessed coaches do things that if a player did it, 
he wouldn't be at the college or mm-hmm. he wouldn't be allowed to play. And I just I find it it's uh, you know, my kids have done a really good job sometimes of saying, you know, dad, that sometimes you come across do, you know, say as I do, don't do as I say. Mm-hmm. And that's really stung me at times. And so I just think at times I, I, I just see what coaches sometimes they It's the same thing. It's the same thing, man. It's almost uh like coaches coaches get paid really well and sometimes they're not very good. And they get a lot of credit and and they receive a lot of um attaboys especially in college football. And yes, student athletes are given the opportunity to learn school Mm -hmm. and get education, get a degree, right? But let's be honest. These coaches come and interview the players, and then now the coach becomes, instead of the interviewer, they become, they start to become the interview where the in, the parents are interviewing them and all, yeah. all that stuff where the roles reverse. But there's some degree where coaches who are grown men sometimes aren't held to the same standard in, w- in which they are judge and jury on some of these young men and women who are just figuring out life. Yeah, man, that's, that's really good. All right. So here you go. Here's one. Uh, you, there's a, there's a consequence for missing class. Yeah, I miss class, right? Yeah. I think that the deal is, look, I'm not saying that I never, I missed class. Yeah. I did, right? But here's what I am trying to tell you. I'm trying to help you learn through my life experiences, mm. and I'm trying to create a culture that says, I firmly believe, I, I be, and maybe I'm crazy for believing this, I firmly believe that everything that has to do with our culture will help them outside of the game of football. Mm. I really do believe that. Yeah. So do I think it can help you in the meantime? Hell yeah. Yeah. Do I think that this can help provide opportunities for Mm -hmm. you when you leave? Hell yeah. But I really believe that learning how to introduce yourself to somebody, learning Mm -hmm. how to shake a hand, learning how to make a great first impression – I tell you what, in class, sit in the front two rows, don't have your cell phone out, right? Make sure that you go every other week and go create a relationship with that professor outside of just the classroom. That's like that's a tool that will help you when you get into the real world. That, that's you know? definitely yeah. Um, that's so good. I, I think that the authenticity side of look, man, I'm I'm telling you, I screwed this up too, right? I was the selfish player, that, you know, that was all about me and all about my playing time. And until it hit rock bottom and I didn't get to play, did I figure out? you are the most selfish human being on this entire football team. And mm-hmm. you claim to be like some great leader and have it figured out, but like really you are about you. And mm-hmm. until that happened, if that wouldn't have happened, I don't know that I would ever be in a position to be able to do what I'm doing right now and be real about it. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I skipped I, class too. Yeah. And I had a uh, Fred Graves, who's kind of like a father of mine. Um, 5 a.m. runs Ooh. in Utah. Damn, that's too woke me out. I ain't never skipped a class. I was gonna say since. you changed after that, didn't you? Hell yeah! <laughs> I I may have been sleeping there, but I was in class. Yeah. I was I was nodding, but I, I didn't want to get up at five a.m. and go run. And Fred was so dirty; he did me so dirty. He drove behind me uh-huh. at five a.m. That's old school. That's like some honked creed a, stuff. he honked a Rocky. horn. He honked a horn. You know what <laughs> I struggle with with that. What? Is is there some? It worked for you, right? It, here's why okay. it worked for me. 
because I, I, I'm, um, I'll use this. You can use it. You can steal it. I will give you my signature. You can write that down. Um, <laughs> you don't have to have talent to be a grinder. Mm. And so I, I was a grinder, but I had talent. But I'm also a professional sleeper. And brother love his sleep. <laughs> and I would have to get up at five and not... It, getting up at five isn't that bad. But when you got to be alert, yeah. stretched, warm, and running. And my dumb ass didn't like ditch class at September. What school did I go to, coach? Utah. I was in it's November. Cold. It's cold. No, it wasn't cold. <laughs> Man, it was 5 a.m. in Utah, 30, 35 mm-hmm. degrees. Mm-hmm. And we weren't even with, like, the schools now with Nike. Like, we had to – they were Nike, but they were really champs. Yeah. So they weren't – they weren't, like – And not when champion was bought. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. They was the old champion before Nike bought yeah. them. They ain't the champs that you buy in the store and they yeah. happening. Yeah. They was thin. Man. Fred was a beast. And I just remember, and I was like, and he goes, he says, I don't want to get you up every morning because you don't want to go to class. But I will. I will. But this is what he said that stayed in my mind. He said, um, but if you continue this, at some point I'll quit getting up with you. And then there are other things that will stop getting will stop getting up. Like you'll stop getting passes, mm-hmm. you'll stop getting plays. Then eventually you'll stop coming to practice, right? And now that, that fear in me that I would have to go back home. You'd have you'd lose it. I have to go back home and tell them why. Like mm-hmm. I didn't want to face my folks mm-hmm. and tell them that I basically screwed up. I did what I I was a statistic. You did what you what they quote unquote expect you to do when I left college when I before I left college I got in an argument with someone I will not name and said when your dumb ass fell out of school don't come back here that's what they told you that's what they told me it stung me until it still stings you I was gonna say don't say stung till his till his day pretty much after this I'm probably gonna go work out just off it not a workout like a go lift weight but just give me a little little run in just because it stills lives in me today because it hurt mm-hmm. right and 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 a lot of these kids that you're going to and you've seen it the scholarship or the opportunity that you're presenting to these kids in Birmingham Alabama in Sumter South Carolina Myrtle Beach Charlotte. I don't care Charlotte I don't care where you are some of these kids this is the only opportunity they have to go to college. And if they don't get this, they have no alternative. Yeah, their alternative. They don't want to go back. Their alternative is hourly wage worker. Or right now with COVID, they're essential worker. Meaning our our world needs to evolve. And our world only goes by these people bagging carts or whatever the case may be. And I'm not knocking those knocking those people or looking down, but I do look down upon this issue that the only way they can go to college because of the lack of resources is just a is if a young man or old man that that is at a college institution gives them an opportunity that they never can have, no matter how good their grades are, just because the 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 economy or wage gap is so 
so much there that they don't have enough. They barely could keep the lights on. College? Mm-hmm. That doesn't exist. And I think the hardest part as a coach is knowing that, and then you have a guy who's literally just not willing to do what you want to do, what you want him to do, mm. and he becomes an issue like it, what's best for him is not necessarily what's best for the football team. Wow. But you know that if you do let this guy go because it is the best thing for the football team because they are not anything about your culture that you want them to be, they're not doing what you ask them to do, then that's where they are going to go back to. And that's sometimes why I hold on too long and it bites me mm. because it tears a locker room apart, mm. you know. That's the tough part. I used to get, like, as a kid, right, you know, somebody at Tennessee would fail a drug test, and you're like, Tennessee just wants to win games. You get into coaching, and you're like, that ain't what it's about, man. Like, you're legitimately trying to make an impact in somebody's life that may not be able to do it without the people that are in it, without that structure. And if you let them go, then who knows what happens to them, Mm. you know? And sometimes it costs you. But I don't think it can make you scared to go – to go try it again. I, I'm not trying to make fun of you, but you go into a grandparent's house, especially a black grandparent's house, and we, you, your young ass we, come in there. We just used to insurance man. Yeah. you like, we. You, you, your face is the face that we used to play yeah. the game with. It's like, like <laughs> if me, you know, we are brothers, but not yeah. identical, you know, brothers. not blood yeah. brothers. Yeah. Like I would tell them, hey, G, door for you. <laughs> Some white man. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be real. Hey, uh, it was like, Dorothy, you'd be like, oh, man, they got me again. Like, it, back in the day, Jehovah's Witness, <laughs> right? And so you're like, hey, there's somebody at the door. Oh, man, he got me. So, you know, like, how yeah. are you, you know, how do you handle yourself? Because that is, I'm I'm joking, but I'm you. It's a, it's a, it's a real it's big a part real, of this. It's yeah. a real deal because yeah. there's somebody listening going, man, Steve is racist. Or why are they having these, no. these jokes? Like, this is some of the stuff the reality that comes in that there's a 35-year-old Caucasian man in the hood driving a rental car, so he looked like a narc, and he pulling up in this all-predominantly black or low-income household. You come in dressed in all green now, right, representing the colors. You come in, and you're going to get looks. You're going to get some people sideways like, who's that? So how do you gain trust? Yeah. Well, I think I, I think all of it goes back to, look, I mean, I, I, I know what I look like. I know that I'm in a situation where it's predominantly – I mean, it's not an area where I, I know I look like the insurance guy going to <laughs> going into the neighborhood. Or you look like, or I mean, if it's really late, you look like you're buying dope. If, Straight up. I mean, I, I, I maybe – Right. I'm just saying. Okay. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to make it my race, but, but I, no, I mean, I, I'm I, just throwing it all yeah. out there because there are people who literally that are that will be listening to this coach that they live in their homes and they live in the places they live and they go, man, these dudes are exaggerating. No. And then there's gonna be. I was gonna say the flip side of that is there gonna be people who listen to this and be like. I remember that. Yes. Or that's a that's I've, that's my shared experience. I've that been we in those homes. And I've, that's I've, why, I've, that's why know, I'm saying it like that 13, because 12, 13 years of being going through some experience that I promise you my own brothers have not been through and any of that. And that's it doesn't make I'm me tougher, like but my yeah. deal is it makes you more aware. I understand the perception, right? Mm-hmm. It's a white head coach that's going in and he's gonna sign my son who's a black player. 
He's going to make the money. He can leave where he wants to leave. It's just about the game of football. Mm. A lot of times I also understand. I'm glad you said it without me saying it. Right, I also understand the experiences, right, mm. of he, you may have had a white coach at some point in time in your life. You got hurt or you didn't get playing time. And he only cared about you if you were the best player or whatever. Mm. So I understand all of those things, right? And it's really, really hard to gain trust in somebody who's had that experience yeah. with one visit. I'm not going to, yeah. right? But my deal is, here's who I am. I promise you that when you see me in three months with my <laughs> shirt off in club lit and acting like a complete moron, I'm going to be the same exact person that I am here today. And I, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to trust you, right? I'm going to trust that what your son is telling me, what you are telling me, I'm going to trust the fact that we can at least be on the same page about this. I legitimately want your son to reach his aspirations at our place. Mm. Now, let's talk about what they are. Let's talk about what's important to you. Let's talk about what your aspirations are for him. Let's, let me tell you, let me tell you my faults. Like, we're looking for, uh, we're looking for some unbelievable facilities. Well, let me just go ahead and tell you before you come on our campus, we, we are under construction, right? We, we do not have the stadium that I would like to have at some point in time, right? I don't want to go to play at App. I don't want to go play at East Carolina. I don't want to go play at wherever it is in the ACC or, and, and say, you know what? Like, we're in Charlotte, North Carolina. We should have a facility that looks like that. We don't have that yet. You know why? Because we, we haven't built that yet. Mm. Like, we, don't, we haven't won enough games to have that yet. Now, we're going to. But So what do we not have? Let me be honest with you. Uh, mental health right now, right? Huge, unbelievable. We are still developing resources to help these guys to be able to get through the crap that's going on in their life right now. You add wow. COVID to it and you add, you know, racial tension. Com- compounds I mean, everything. It, everything is like, we need help for these guys. Like mm. it's mental as much as it is physical, you know? So where are we struggling? Let me just be honest with you. And um, but I, I think the authenticity in that moment is more important than it is any Absolutely. other time. Mm-hmm. It's like, here I am. I Listen, this ain't necessarily the most uncomfortable comfortable environment I've ever been in, right? But I'm here because I legitimately feel like that this is the right place for your son, grandson, whoever it may be. And I feel like you and I are going to laugh about this in three weeks because you're going to be like, everybody tells me that story. You're the dorky white dude that walks in and looks like he was about to sell me something. And three weeks later, we're laughing about, man, my son is having an unbelievable experience wow. here. I, I, I'm so glad that they chose here. You know, mm-hmm. And those are fun conversations. Those to have, are definitely you know? fun conversations. But yeah. pointing out the obvious, whenever you walk in, I'm 35 years old. I'm a, I'm a white dude. I'm, you know, I don't look like an athlete. I mean, I get all of it, mm-hmm. right? But well, I, just, I say it that way just because there are sometimes, you know, you're in a business of – you're in the business of taking people's uh, their most precious items. For sure, you know some for some of these for some of these families, that's their shot. Yeah, you know for some of these families, that is they've soaked they have sunk their last penny and nickel into that individual's. Whether it's I mean I remember for me going to Utah, my family had to scrounge up money for a one way ticket. You got to remember, 2000, a one-way ticket wasn't a lot of money. It was a lot, a lot of money, money though, yeah. right, where it was like three or four people had to do it. And then we had to find someone that had a credit card to be able to book it, mm. right? And, and, and so that's why I'm saying all of, all of this because there's someone that listen to this that 
their son or daughter, you know, always you always hear them that, that they want to go to a college. Well, they don't always know what it looks like or know what it feels like, right? And, and, and so, or the process. And just you hear, you watch the, all these shows and you see the glamorous part about recruiting. You see the big-time schools. But there's a lot more other schools that if you if some of these kids got offered, it would be just like Florida State. It but, would be just like to, to, you, to that to that kid. Yes. yes, but I mean, you should be able to do that at any level. Yeah, we, right. There's a lot of stuff we should be able. I to mean, do. you, but like, I mean, people said you couldn't do it at Austin P. Right, and then people say you can't do it in the group of five in the in the conference USA. You can do whatever the heck your priority is, and if it doesn't work out, you got to be okay with saying, you know what. It was a bad fit. Yeah. Like, but I believe here's the one thing I know. It if and when I get fired one day, right? It's probably when. If you're coaching long enough, you're gonna get fired at one when I get fired one day, I will legitimately believe that I didn't do something just to keep a job. I didn't do something just because I thought if somebody else did it, oh, that's gotta work. Look, this is what I believe in. These are the relationships I believe in. If it doesn't work out, then it's not meant to be, and I'll find something else to do. When, I still when, got a family I get a chance to go home to. I'll be just fine. I think it's about that time. Just uh, take a little breather. Cut to it. Cut to it. Let's get down to it. Cut to it. Hey, Gerard, where did you get that T-shirt? You mean this thing? Oh, yes. <laughs> I got it from CutToItPodcast.com, where we have exclusive merchandise. Shout out to our guys at 704 Shop. But, yeah, you can go on. Buy you a t-shirt, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? 
That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You talked about the good conversations you have during recruiting. When you're leaving a school, how do you have those tough conversations? You mentioned Austin Austin P. Oh, yeah. When you left after three years for the Charlotte 49ers job, after going through recruitment, how do you have those hard you, conversations you, when you depart? Yeah, you had the the recruiting class was ranked number one. Great class, great yeah. class, and then you you gone. Yeah, how did how did that go? Uh, Charlotte job comes open. Interview, or I'm supposed to interview for it. They find somebody else that they want to hire. He ends up taking another job. They come back. Are you interested in the job? Ooh, sloppy seconds. Yes, right. I'm I'm 100 percent good with being sloppy seconds. Okay. Uh, so we we go to. Um, I'm not sure I'm getting the job or not. I go to New York with my with my boss that I was just telling you about this at Austin P to go raise money. Um, I, I get a phone call saying, "Hey, you know, we're we're figuring out some stuff, but you'll know Tuesday afternoon whether you got the job or not." Okay, so I fly back Tuesday morning from New York. I'm driving into our facility at Austin P, having called a four o'clock team meeting with it already having been leaked on social media that Ooh, I was taking the head wow. job at Charlotte that morning. Right. <sighs> I have not been offered the job. How the right? hell do you navigate I'm in that? the parking lot? They hot. It's yeah. three fifty five. My team meeting is at four o'clock and I've still not heard whether I got the job or not. All right, so I get a phone what call. What you doing in a car right like, now? So how, you, watching, how are you navigating? I'm watching this? all of these guys walk into. I'm facing this way, my rearview mirror. I'm watching all the guys park and walk into the team meeting, saying, "What if I don't know something in the next five minutes?" Right, and I know they're already heated because they read on social media they, where I'm taking sorry, the Charlotte they, job. Yeah. Phone call, Mike Hill, our chancellor. You got the job, right? So in five minutes. So you got you got it in that five minute window. I got the job. <gasps> wow. In five minutes. Within that window, I got the job. I'm so excited. I call my wife, and I got to walk back in and tell a group, I'm leaving you, Talk who is the only reason why I got an opportunity, mm-hmm. right? And that's what I told them. There is nothing I can say to you right now that is going to make this any better. And the, and the crappiest part about all of this is I'm supposed to walk out of this room and never address this group again because somebody else – is going to come take this group. And, like, they're going to be ticked off at me if I go talk to their players because they're going to think I'm trying to recruit them all to Charlotte or something, right? So a group that you – the number one recruiting class in the country that committed to you after going on 11. Another group that's been there for a long time and gone through 1-47 and and goes and wins eight games. A group that's won 13 games in two years, which was the most in school history. You know, uh, most conference wins in school history, all that type of stuff. When you go from so, so bad that everybody laughs at you to, like, top 25 in the Mm -hmm. country, there's a bond in that growth that you can't replace. Uh -uh. I couldn't replace it with assistants that I tried to hire to go replace it. Like, because – You'd been through so much, mm-hmm. you can't replace that relationship. So you better have somebody who's confident with just being themselves huh. and can earn that over time, is going to bring something to the table that they'll earn that you know, respect over time. So I walked in and I just told them, look, I got this opportunity because of all of you. I, it's the best opportunity for me and my family. Um, 
and I'm going to take the job. And what did some of the players... They were pissed. They didn't want to talk to me, Mm. you know? I mean, I I just hired two of them back to come work in our weight room this year, and it took them about a year to want to talk to me, you know? Um, Wow. I left them. I recruited them there. I, I, you know... Uh, Yeah, how how does that sit with you? You recruited them. You talked to their family. Like you said, the the culture, the player, the, you know, they must have this, this, this. You know, you named off these things. And now you're taking those things that you've built into these young men. And now you're taking that philosophy, that culture somewhere else now. Yeah. Now, what? Uh, how Artists. does that, how does that work? And, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot in no, a negative way. I'm just, question. I'm just asking because you've, you keep using the word culture, mm-hmm. which I love and I hate, but to some degree, that's who that that's how you're built. That's yeah. that's what you are. Yeah. You know what helped me sleep at night is when when we left Austin P. I felt like that those guys knew better, and that we had created something that could sustain, and we left it a lot better than we found it. And I mm. could sleep at night because I felt like there's another group that could. <laughs> benefit from this i like that you know um and didn't make it any easier you know i tell you what was hard is to love the guys that i inherited at charlotte as much as i love the ones i left at austin p i didn't pick those guys at charlotte the 80 guys that were on the roster i mean I, i didn't recruit them i picked to come take their job but i hadn't invested as much into them as i had those guys that i'd recruited those those players picked charlotte not because of me. Correct. They picked it because of another coach. Yes. Right? Who ain't there. He's, He's not there. Ain't there no more. <laughs> That's right. He gone. He's gone. Um, and and I think that my my job is to make sure that I hire an offensive coordinator. Because I always feel like when you inherit a program, the question is, what can I do to make sure that the seniors who really buy into this thing and, and are the glue to this, have mm. an opportunity to be successful right away. And why is not, that important? But, but I just think if they're going to come back and they're going to put the work in, you, like, you can't wait to win. I think that uh, from a recruiting perspective, as you're building it long term, you say, I'm going to go recruit a quarterback who can do this, mm. right? I'm going to go – and that, you may already have one. You may inherit a back that's better than what you may have recruited yourself. You know mm-hmm. I mean? We, we inherited a third-round draft pick at defensive end. I mean – I'd love to say I'm a damn good recruiter, but I don't know how many more third-round draft picks I'm going to recruit at defensive end. How did you process that night when you had to break that news to your team? You get this job, but then you had to break that news to your team. How did you process that night, and what do you do for self-care as a coach? Uh, it's a lot of um, – I mean, I, I confide in my wife a lot with those things, mm. you know, and just – I mean, she lives it the same way I do just like she does with a win or a loss, you know. I mean, I, I learned a long time ago whenever I came out of the locker room as an assistant coach after a, a loss and pouted and acted like a little punk and and and, and wanted to make everybody else's life miserable because I lost a football game and my wife and her parents are kind of – they feel like they got to act like they're miserable just because we lost a football game that it's like, all right, I have the ability to be able to totally dictate what – the experiences of everybody based on how I respond to a loss, you know? And so she lives it. I mean, she, she breathes it. So whenever I get home after a loss, you know, she's, she's there to comfort in my deal. Like, thank you. I love you. I'll be okay. It's a football game. We're going, we're going to be all right. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
you know, but but times like that, like that feels bigger than a football game. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like you feel like you just disappointed parents, players. You feel like you're a liar. You feel like you've let everybody down. You know, and 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 then you just say, but I. I think this is the right thing for our family, and I think that the players that we are – we're going to love these players as much as we just love the last ones because we're going to be able to make an impact on their life too. And and just talking to her and saying, you know, she sees it, she knows it, and she's like, um, you felt the same way when you left Chattanooga, when you left that position group, or, you know, I mean, just little things like that. She that balances she's a, you out. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. She's, she's really good. Who's she? she? Is. Her name is Emily. Yeah, you, she's from Ottawa too. I'm just saying you you you're talking about her in such a way, you know. Don't lose no points. You got a name or player. Yeah, she's a real deal. <laughs> well, our last section, uh, coach, is the deep three, and they're basically three questions where we go beyond you being a coach on the sidelines. We want to get to know you. So, Smitty, give you the first question of our deep three. You ready? Yeah. It's it's about you. So okay. if you fail, that's on you. <laughs> yeah, right. it's not open, a pass fail. Open book test. <laughs> no, um, I've read or heard you use the word culture a few times. Why is culture important in football, and more importantly, why is it as is important or more important in life? You know, I, I think that. Um, you hope that they that they correlate, you know. You hope that what you're you're teaching them in the short term to help them become better football players are also things that they they will translate to their career, to being a husband or to being a father. Um, I think my biggest thing is, listen, how how it feels to be in our building every day, and what type of student athlete experience, or what type of assist, uh, what type of assistant coach experience these people have is what I take personally. Mm-hmm. Like, I I really believe that if people come to our place because of our people, you can have the best student athlete experience you can ask for. I believe if you're a coach on our staff, we may argue, we may disagree, we may work, we may work long hours. But as far as an assistant coach is, is concerned, nobody can give you a better experience th- than I can. Do I fail at it? Heck yeah. But I think everybody has to be bought into that same thing where it's bigger than you. It's about a, an experience. It's a servant-like mentality. Mm. Everybody's got to have it, right? To me, the coaches need to have it for the players. And in return, the players need to have so much respect and be so grateful for the opportunities that they have that they – that. You know, it, it's it's reciprocal. The trainers need to have it. The the coaches need to have it for the people who clean the building. Like, it, if everybody has that type of mentality, then I think you can do really special things. But I think all of that is in your culture. Mm. And that, in my opinion, what I want to be a part of our culture are things that are about life. And this is all just a little minor league test for what it's going to feel like when you got to make a paycheck to feed your family or your son pees on you in the middle of the night at 2 a.m. and you don't feel like getting up, getting up or Preach. whatever. It is. Like puke. It's just what habits are you creating now that are going to help you be a dad or a husband? Mm, that's pretty good right there. I'm telling you. He's pretty good. What would you like your legacy as a coach to be? Hmm. It's deep three now, not the yeah. shallow two. No. <laughs> Nobody cared about me more than that guy. He would give you the shirt off his back. Mm. Um. It was as as crazy as he was, as as much as I thought things were out of the ordinary, 
I really honestly believe he cared about me as a person more than he cared about me as a player. Wow. So nothing to do with ball. I'm not a great football coach. You know, I mean, I'm not. What? Why do you say I'm that? not. I mean, like X's and O's of football, right? I mean, that's not why I got the job. I, I didn't get it because I was going to out-scheme anybody or because, like, I, I feel like I got it because I could hire the right type of people who could mm. do that. And then we could go raise awareness about our program and create an environment and a culture that people enjoyed being in. A coworker of mine always said it's not about the X's and O's. It's about the Jimmy's and Joe's. There is no question about it. Yeah. Mike Raw. There is zero <laughs> question. Great players win games. I mean, you know, and I know culture and scheme and all that have a lot to do with it. But, I mean, at the end of the day, we are going Monday through Friday as part of our process to prepare them, and then they have a decision to make on Saturday what they do with it. And we're not playing. I mean, we got to put them in the best possible opportunity to have success, and that's it's our job as a coach. How about this? The definition of a coach, okay, is a covered wagon that carries someone or something from where they are to where they want to go. Right? Like, that's it. And if you think it's more than that, then you're wrong. I mean, where are you now and where do you want to go? That's aspiration. So how do I help you get there? That's my job, you know? Some folk, That's why some folks got fired. <laughs> that cover wagon ain't carrying their ass nowhere. That Oregon Trail is screwed up. Somebody got dysentery. <laughs> Man, making an impact on a student's life. What's more important, building a winning team, players, or student winning in life? You know, if you go 0-11 every year, it's going to be tough to have a great experience. You ain't lying. You know? (laughs) Or job security. That's right. You're not going to be coaching very long. So I understand that – Winning is ultimately what you're judged on. Mm-hmm. I love winning because I think it helps with your experience. Yeah. But I hope when they look back on the experience that they understand it was about more than winning. Um, I, I go back to Tony Bennett. I mean, one of the things from our culture that we use all the time is because I understand what truly matters, it enables me to enjoy what seems to matter. Mm. And, like, what truly matters is literally that these guys are grown-ass men by the time they leave our program. That really matters to me, that they can go get a job, that they can go be a dad and be a husband, and and they they can go thrive, not just survive, Mm. but what it enables me to enjoy what seems to matter, and that's winning, you know, but that's ultimately how I'm going to keep my job. So let's be great at both. Hey, got a word for you. What's that? A little encouraging word. Talent. You don't need a lot of talent to grind. Mm. I heard that the other day. And I also heard this the other day. Um, couple of, Whenever we played this a couple of weeks ago, I was. it was a nice sunny Monday mm-hmm. here in Charlotte. But I was at, But in my mind, it was a little cloudy. And so I decided I was going to get on or I was going to go do a run. And – there's a this this runner was saying, hey, when I got certified, I was doing this this, and the certif the, the my teacher gave me a certification. They said, you know what? Sometimes you just gotta go do a stupid run. I was like, what does that mean? And a stupid run is this, not stupid in a derogatory way. Stupid is meaning don't underthink and don't overthink. Hmm. Just go out there and just run. 
And then when you get to the point where you can't run anymore, walk back home. It changed my whole day. So my challenge to you, as you listen to this and cut to it, the next time you're feeling bad, the next time you're not feeling good enough, the next time it is sunny outside but it's gloomy in your mind and heart, go for a stupid run. It'll change your day. I'm Steve Smith Sr. I'm Gerard Littlejohn. Just cut to it. Appreciate it. God bless. Cut to it with Steve Smith Sr. That is me. Is a production of Cut To It LLC, Balto Creative Media, The Black Effect, and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From Cut To It, executive producer Steve Smith Sr., co-host Gerard Littlejohn, talent and booking manager Joe Fushi, social media manager Peyton Smith, from Balto Creative Media. Cut to it is produced by Brian Baltashevich and Meredith Carter with production assistance by Alex Labreck. Production manager Sarah Pollock. Theme music by Alex Johnson. Lyrics and vocals by Anthony Hamilton. If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. It's on. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.